You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 482. Time kills all deals. I'm telling you, when you get a property owner that's owned a property for that long, hasn't been to the property for a while, these people are really, it's really difficult for them to make decisions. So when they're ready to make a decision, you shorten that timeline as soon as possible. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome, everybody, to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors, where we know that finding discounted properties is the most proven path to financial freedom. I am your host, Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, and I am telling you, if I can do it, so can you. So let's get started. I've got an incredible interview here. This is something that's never been done on this show before because I have one partner that has been doing real estate eight years before the other partner was even born. So this is old school and this is new combined to talk about putting together a massive deal that they did recently. And I'm so incredibly excited to bring on Zach Heron and Alex Deacon to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Say hello, guys. Hi, how are you guys doing? Hello. They are in, you guys are in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh. Awesome. So first of all, why don't I start with you, Alex? Why don't you give us, right before we went live here, right when we started recording, uh, you had said that you had started in real estate in 1992. Kind of talk to us about your journey on how you got started and, and what you've done over the last 28 years. Sure thing. I was an auto mechanic. And when I was 27, the guy next to me was buying real estate. I said, well, that's cool. I think I'm going to try that. So Bought my first three unit before I even owned a house. My wife and I bought a three unit and uh, we rented it out. Still rented for my sister at the house we were living in. And then bought another one, bought another one after that. About two years later, I got my real estate license. I sold about 1,200 homes in my career as an agent. And in 2002, we started a real estate management company. We managed about 700 units. I own a pretty extensive portfolio. I was on Zach's wholesale email list and I knew his dad because his dad does pest control for us. So I was impressed with his tenacity. He's only, are you 20 yet? No, still 19. He's 19. <laughs> I don't know if you were 18 when I met you, but young. <laughs> I mean, most kids are out drinking beer and partying with their, their friends and Zach is uh, trying to build a business. So I was impressed. And uh, after a few months of talking, we started the um, business of finding deals that are off market and we've had a, uh, some pretty good success. Awesome. Well, Zach, I mean, we don't have to rewind the tape too long on your life. I mean, you started this essentially in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was just my senior year. I'm about going probably halfway into it. Um, it's funny cause I was actually outside walking the track with one of my friends and he mentioned this thing called wholesaling. And I was like, Oh, what the heck is this? And he said, yeah, you can make a heck ton of money off of it. And you know, there's no like, you don't have to pay anything or do anything like that. So I decided to take some initiative and do some research on it because I, for one, was not the one to go to college. I did not do great in school. I couldn't listen to people. Well, so I decided, oh, I'll, I'll do some research. And I did. I found you guys and Wholesaling Inc. 
And that's when it all started. I just started listening to it day in and day out. I mean, I'd be working out at 8 a.m., just listening to two or three podcasts a day and trying to just soak in as much information as possible. Weren't you intimidated? I mean, how many conversations with adults had you had at that point, let alone about, you know, buying their house or investing in real estate or just talking about their property and their problems? I mean, really, that's what we're doing. What we're doing is we're solving problems of property owners in the community. And here you are, fresh faced, 17, 18 years old, getting thrown into this. It intimidates people that are 40. It intimidates people that are 30. You know what I mean? How do you get over that? And what, what do you think is different about you? Man, I think what different is, it takes it down to even the people who you're around. You know, you have all these people who are around that tell you, oh, you can't do this or you can't make this kind of money or you can't have your own business. You you need to go to school and get your degree. And that really drives my mindset to go ahead and believe that I can do this. I don't need to listen to these people. I can do all these things. I can do what they're telling me I can't do. So that really drove me to go ahead and talk to people every day, you know, and just find the problems that people need to have solved. Yep. I think that's the only way that you can really do this business and and make it really work is just by solving people's problems. Love it. Love it. And Alex, you know, it's interesting that you said that you've been licensed for so long and done 1200 deals and you have like a really deep traditional real estate background. And so did I. I I got licensed in 2004. I was doing, I was a real estate agent for forever. And it was really difficult for me to turn off the, hey, I want to list your house and I want to help you get the most amount of money for your house and have this like fiduciary duty that we have versus, hey, I'm a cash buyer. Let me see what price is your bottom line. Was that difficult for you to do? Or is that just you know, talk to me about that. Well, it can be difficult. I'm very transparent with people, just completely open with them. You could probably sell your home for more money, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. But if you want to sell quickly, we have a track record for cash buyers. We're not going to back out of a deal. You're closing when you sign the agreement with us. This is the option. You sell it to us, we're sold, we're closed, done quickly, or you know the, the traditional route, which you possibly can get more money, but there's no guarantees. It's crazy, Alex. I had these conversations with like just in the beginning, it was like referrals from family that had like rundown properties. And I'd go and I'd sit down and I'd like lay it all out. Here's how much you could make if you cleaned up the house a little bit and listed it. Here's how much I can offer you for cash. It's $50,000 difference. What do you want? And they'd go for the cash offer because it was convenient. You know what I mean? It really does happen like that. I think a lot of people get stuck thinking it's all about price. It's all about price. But the fact is, 6 to 10% of the real estate market is in distress. And those people, some of those people want to sell the property as quickly and as easy as possible. And it's not about the price every single time. I mean, that's why we exist. And I think that's something really important for people to understand is it's not always about the price. It's about solving the problem that they have. Incredible. So Zach, let's get back to you. So when you joined, you were making calls, you were getting out there, you were building up your experience level, having these high quality conversations with distressed property owners. 
Was it scary at first? I mean, speak to yeah. anybody that's listening that that has never done a deal before, or maybe they're younger or under the age of 25 or whatever. They're excited about this, but maybe they don't have a tremendous amount of experience in real estate or in just having conversations with a lot of strangers about property. Yeah. Absolutely. I thought it was hard at first. It definitely was scary because, you know, you get those occasional people who will, you know, badmouth you or say language, whatever they do to discourage you. But I just kept going. And one thing that I found out that really helped me was, you know, every morning before I made these calls or every afternoon before I made these calls, I would either listen to you or I would listen to somebody who motivates me. I recommend like Gary Vee. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but I go ahead and watch a little video on some motivation and then I get right into the calls. But I definitely did have some trouble in the beginning, just, I don't know, kind of soaking it in because I didn't really know the script too well and I, I didn't know what I was talking about. And you know that's why I'm happy I'm in Alex because he's shown me a lot of things that I, I was doing wrong. And you know now... We're getting probably five, six leads a week on the phone. It's great. So, you know, it's, I think probably, it's probably more than that. Yeah. I think it's more so the consistency that matters. Yeah. If you're consistent with it, no matter how terrible you are on the phones, you're still going to learn every day from just talking to the people. Yeah. It learned a tremendous amount since we started working together. Like he's able to price out, you know, some things now like, oh, this is what a kitchen costs. And this is what, oh, okay. And, a four unit in this area is that's a good price. So yeah, let's go look at it because he had no zero market knowledge. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and zero zero street smart knowledge. You know, yeah, yeah, real, yeah. Estate, real estate IQ was zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he knew half the battle was um, having some brains and having a work ethic and don't take no for an answer. And that's that's fifty percent of it. Well, and I think, you know, the huge advantage, and I talk about this a lot, I call it squatting up. You know, when you're starting out in this business, the the toughest part is, is this a deal or no deal, right? And there's a lot of moving parts into that, what you call a real estate IQ, right? How much repairs does a property need? What are actual comparables for that property? How long are properties sitting on the market in that area? How desirable is an area? Like all of these things, you know, you've been doing this, right? So you've got that part, you've got that real estate IQ mixed with his uh, proactive efforts. I mean, it's a really, really, really powerful combination. And then the second hardest part, once it's deal or no deal is how big of a deal is it? Because I see people starting out and they get just from like almost being naive, they lock up amazing deals, but somebody swoops in and they only make a little bit amount. And then those people go on and sell it for a fortune because some people just don't know how big of a deal that they have. So, I mean, you guys know this, I'm really speaking to the audience here. If you feel like you need help with the market knowledge, if you feel you need help, is this a deal or not a deal? And how big of a deal is this? then find somebody like Alex that you can get together with, squad up with, partner with, so that you can get that experience and so that you guys can both share. It doesn't matter if you're splitting the profits. It matters that you're stacking the wins. And the more wins that you have, the more experience. And like you just said, he's light years away. Zach's light years away from where he was before he started with you, and that was February. And we've had a pandemic and we've had all other things. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just you future pace this and you look into the future a couple of years. It's going to be absolutely bananas. It's going to be crazy. I'm really excited. I would definitely totally recommend squatting up with somebody. You know, it. you don't have to prove yourself just 
by doing something yourself, you know, just if you're having trouble or, you know, you can't make the calls alone for some reason, you got to be with somebody else to make the calls, man, go find that person. Because in the end of the day, all that matters is you're really learning about the business and you're getting it deeper into it every day. But I, th- I think that you guys have something that's unique that I think is really important to mention is, you know, his dad, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's a stranger off the street saying, hey, kid, send me some deals. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's a business relationship there or a personal relationship or whatever. And it gives you another layer of comfort to know that, okay, this person has my best interest in mind. I can work with them. You know what I mean? As opposed to just trying to find the biggest dude out there that's doing the most deals or the biggest gal out there doing the most deals and trying to partner up with them where they just want you to send the deals. They keep 90% or whatever. And, and you don't really learn anything. Now you've got firsthand. I mean, you're at his house right now. Like, I mean, that's beautiful. I mean, that's really great. I mean, a lot of people don't have that experience, but, but because they think that they have to go find somebody that has these big offices, that has these big teams, that have these big machines and be a part, a cog in the wheel, you don't have to find somebody that you can work with that's going to pour into you and give you that mentorship which I think is just absolutely fantastic. So really great. So between the two of you guys, what does it look like? Like, are you guys, do you guys divide up who does what? Or is it basically, Zach, you're hunting and Alex, you're just making sure that he's actually hunting something you can eat? He knows the systems, the text, the, I don't know any of that. Right. Okay. The lead generate, yeah. Exactly. We do talk about where we spend our money, what's working, what's not working. We're still in the infant stages, so we don't, you know, and with your help, too, based on what Zach was telling me that, you know, you've helped him a lot, save a lot of time because we don't yep. know what works and what doesn't. But once he gets a deal, he sends them to me. I'll probably look at, I would say, at least two a day. Right. Yeah. Yep. Like, I think today I looked at one, two, three, four, like five today. And he just sends them to me. I literally in 15 minutes, I dissected each one, a total of 15 minutes. And one's a tremendous potential deal. One's a waste of time. The other one's a waste of time. One has potential, but Diamond has to drive by it first. The other one's like iffy. So I tell him all the time, half the battle is just knowing when not to spend time on something. A hundred percent. Especially don't spend time with people that will never do business with you. Right. They will string you along and string you along and string you along. And if their timeline is indefinitely, it's never going to happen. Some people are just lonely. Some people just want to talk to you. Some people just want you to come to their house, right? You know, I mean, Alex, you've been doing this a long, people just want you to come over and check out their property and tell them what you think about it, right? You got to focus on the people that are going to do business with you. And we break this business, the wholesaling business into three parts, lead generation, which Zach is in charge of, conversion, you can see Alex playing in this, making sure that he's not going after deals that aren't really deals, and then exit strategy, right? Lead generation, conversion, exit strategy. And the exit strategy, you guys have options because, I mean, you've got so much experience. You can wholesale it. You can wholesale it. You can flip it. You can keep it. You can whatever. The one thing I bring to the table that helps Zach tremendously is the capital and the knowledge. So we can hold on to the really good deals for long term. And the ones that like we just the one we just sold, we made a very nice, it wasn't a commission. We actually bought it, put in our name and then sold it. And yeah, in a matter of total three months, we just sold it as is. But if we would have rehabbed it and uh, flipped it, we would have probably made double, maybe triple. But 
right now, Zach and Diamond, they were looking for now money. And I said, well, you know what? This is a good one. Let's just sell it. Let's get now money. Let's not prolong the potential profit because, you know, the market could collapse and we could end up with the same profit with all that work and time and capital invested. So it was Smart. a good deal. It was one we maybe will keep in the future. But this one was just let's sell it, make a nice profit and move on. I love it. And but the beautiful thing is you're building a system to be able to source those opportunities. So there will be other ones that come along. Right. You know what I mean? But I think that can be a trap. And I'm, I'm glad that that Alex is part of your life, Zach, because we get that, oh, that like a drug addict, you know, feeling where we want to make the money, make the money, make the money, make the money. And it's all short term gains. We're not thinking long term. Once you right. get to the point where you're comfortable, you're not getting over your skis too much with your expenses. You can start building actual wealth as opposed to just buying a bunch of, you know, whatever liabilities. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Zach, break down this deal for me. Let's let's sink our teeth into this big deal because I love talking about getting deals, but I love talking about getting massive deals. So Absolutely. first, let's break it all the way down. What list yeah. was it? How'd you find them? The whole deal. Okay. So this is crazy because so this deal wasn't even on a list. I was actually driving for dollars and I came across a for sale sign. It was in a rough neighborhood. And I was like, well, you know what? Heck with it. I'll just give it a call. So I gave it a call. The lady answered the phone. And it was funny because her, I think it was her son-in-law that lived in one of the buildings. So there was two units and they were completely demolished inside. Both of them were complete guts. So I talked to her for about three months and she was in a situation where the inside of the place was so bad, it wasn't really even livable. And the guy had kids living in there. So I told her, I said, listen, we'll help you get these kids into a nicer place. We'll take this and, and just get it, get rid of it for you. We'll just take care of your problem for you. Now, the owner, did she live in one of the units? No, she okay. lived. Yeah, she lived right down the street. It was just a couple units that they bought, I think, in the 70s that they had for the longest time. Wow. And she just decided, well, you know what? I think today's today's the day to move on from. So this was something that they didn't necessarily have the budget to keep up, to renovate every so often, to keep it looking good. It kind of just fell to disrepair just naturally. Yeah. Right? And it was, it was in an up-and-coming neighborhood that's really turning into something beautiful. You know, there's a lot of new houses going up on the street, but just this area before 20 years ago was just really, really terrible. But I took the initiative to go ahead and drive for dollars down there and go ahead and call the number. And I think that's what it's really about is just talking to the people. So there was literally a sign in the front yard with the phone number on it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and had nobody called it? I mean, was yeah, there a lot no. of competition or was it just she, you? So she had one other guy and this was the funny thing. So we offered her um, 40,000 for the both units and she had an offer for 120 or 130. And the other guy, she, the reason why she went with us is because the other guy didn't solve her problem. He didn't want to like talk to her about her kids, talk to her about the people living there, how they can help them, because that was her true family. The kids that were living there were grandchildren. And the guy said, well, I'll just give you 120. And they didn't even talk about the grandchildren or the, the kid that was living there or the, uh, the son-in-law. So that I think that's what separated the whole thing was, 
you know, that versus the other guy, Russ versus the other guy. So this guy came in $80,000 higher than you, yeah. but just came in like a bull and was like, here's your offer. Yes. Exactly. It's so crazy. So how did you help solve a problem? How did you help the family? How did you help? I assume they, they got out. Did they get out of the property before you closed or did you close with them in there? Yeah, we closed with them in there and um, we did give options. You know, Alex has multiple rentals, so we did give options of, okay, here are some properties that we have that you could possibly stay in, you know? So it just, I think it all just comes down to, you know, just solving the problem for the people and and going ahead and diving deeper than just being a buyer and just being somebody like, oh, we'll buy your property. You know, like I think we went there once we had coffee with them, we signed the contract. And then I went there a couple other times to, to talk to them and to get them know better, to get to know them better. And I think that was really important that I did that because I think if I wouldn't have done that, she may have taken the other deal. Sure, sure. So you're closing with them. You're helping them move. You're getting them into a position where they feel comfortable. Was there anything else? I mean, when we look at objections, really, they're just questions in the seller's mind that haven't been answered. Was there any other hurdles that you had to get over to be able to get her to commit to selling it? Because it sounds like she probably owned it free and clear, right? Yeah, yeah. Because she's owned it since the 70s, right? So she could have taken her time and it could have fell into more, you know, was it just to the point where it was just utterly like to the point where it was almost unlivable? We offered her 40 and then she wanted to go see it because she hadn't been in it for a while. Yeah, yeah. She hadn't been in it for uh, 10 to 20 years. So she went and saw it. And she lives down the street? Yeah, I mean, just literally two, three minutes away. Yeah. 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 So. Then she went and saw it, and then she's without us, or she just went over there. Right? Yeah, she went over there without us and saw it, and she was just like amazed on how terrible the place was. Yeah. I mean, the bathrooms that these people were taking showers in were completely rusted out in the basement. That one, that yeah, was in the basement. That one, yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was pretty bad. So looking at it, the condition of the property was it needs total rehab, right? Her timeline was. Could be a while, but really it was to the point now where you had convinced her to actually go to the property after 10 or 20 years of living down the street, not going. So her timeline shortened quickly as soon as she saw it. Her motivation was she needed somewhere safe for her family to live, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, For the most part, she was just worried about her grandkids, you know, living in the condition that it was after she saw it. And she was just not happy with the way they were living. And then the price was 40000 yeah, yeah, we got both both units in a lot for forty thousand. Woo! Both units in a lot. Okay, and then so you guys actually bought it, and then did you wait till they were out of it to sell it, or did you sell it right away? As soon as we put it under contract, I had uh, a couple buyers in mind. I shipped it over to one one kid, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll take it." So that that was it. We already had pretty much a buyer before we closed, and once we closed it. A week or so went by, and then we put it under contract with the new buyer, and then maybe 45 days later, we, we closed. Now, why did you guys choose to close on it and resell it as opposed to just assigning it? I'd prefer, in this case, just to close and be done with it and get her. Like, I promised her I was going to close at this time, and that's what I did because he wasn't ready. And I said, you know what? We'll just pay the extra transfer tax, and we'll absorb that. Um, yep. So she can get out and I keep my promise. 
And this is such a critical point for everybody listening. And if you want to watch this interview, go to Brent Daniels Real Estate on YouTube. Definitely check it out. Put a face to a voice. But this is a critical, critical point that Alex just mentioned because time kills all deals. I'm telling you, when you get a property owner that's owned a property for that long, hasn't been to the property for a while, these people are really, it's really difficult for them to make decisions. So when they're ready to make a decision, you shorten that timeline as soon as possible. I don't care if you need to get a money partner. I don't care if you need to close that deal, get that deal closed. Because if they would have left it for a 60-day closing period, she could have gotten wiggly. You don't know who could have talked to her and poured honey in her ear and told her things that she could get more or don't sell it or somebody else wants and the family wants to buy it and all this other stuff that ends up being a tornado of like emotions for the seller. Instead, just get the deal done. If you're running into those scenarios, just close it. I think that's a beautiful strategy. Perfect. What did you guys sell it for? Uh, we sold it for 90. $90,000. So what was the, do you guys know the bottom line net that you made on it? We made real close to 45 after we, uh, holding costs, interest we paid on the, the hard money loan that I got and the uh, transfer tax both ways. Yeah, we made 45. Awesome. Everybody listening and watching, listen to me, $45,000 from calling on a for sale by owner sign in the front of a house. Like, come on, one call. Hold on a second, guys. <laughs> All right. I've been waiting for that bell for a long time. <laughs> That is incredible. I mean, it's just such an inspiration. And listen, this isn't rocket science. We're not building rockets here. We're just literally, we're reaching out to distressed property owners. We're finding out what their problems are. We're understanding if they're going to do business with us so that we are making really efficient use of our time and we are helping out the community. Now I assume that the, the buyer of that property is going to fix it up. He's probably going to increase the values in that area. He's going to increase the rents if he decides to keep it and rent it out. I mean, it is a win-win, not only for you guys making 45000 but for him, for whatever he wants to do with it, and for the neighborhood, because now you've got this property that was run down and almost unlivable, totally fixed up and renovated. It is a three-way win, and it's just it's a blessing. You guys are a blessing to your community, and uh, I love it. So really, really, really amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. It was uh, it was definitely a great, great time because I uh, I really haven't done any any deals before that. You know, we had a little garage that we sold for you know, a nice little profit, but that was the first like really deal that I ever like we ever did, and yeah. it it really felt amazing. It really did. I mean, I would totally recommend wholesaling to everybody who wants to get into real estate or even you know just buy and sell whatever. Just get into real estate. It's something awesome to be a part of. Awesome. And if people want to reach out to you, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out? Yeah, Say maybe. congratulations, maybe send you deals in Pittsburgh or have, you know what I mean? Like joint venture on some stuff. How, how do they get a hold of you guys? You could, uh, yeah, you could check out our Facebook page uh, at PGH Investors or our Instagram page at PGH Investors as well. PJH Investors. Yeah, PGH, like Pittsburgh, PGH Investors. Got it. Love it. 
Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Alex, thank you for your wisdom and guidance there for uh, young Zach, who's on an incredible path. He's 19, just closed a (laughs) $45,000. If I closed a $45,000 deal when I was 19, I, uh, geez, I don't even, (laughs) it would, holy cow. It's just absolutely incredible. It's, It's mind blowing. It's absolutely, you're a true inspiration. And for everybody out there listening and watching, if you're interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing, it is the TTP family. Go to wholesaling inc.com forward slash ttp that's wholesalinginc.com forward slash ttp scroll down check it all out if it feels good in your gut sign up for a call it'll either be with me or uh, one of my right hand guys um, other than that thank you guys for being on the podcast i really appreciate it representing pittsburgh that's awesome and to everybody out there listening as always i encourage you to talk to people see you guys love you That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.